two k's from the turn off on the road from Rotorua to Murupara on your way to Rerika Fukaitu is a hydrangea-lined driveway, which is the base for their Urewera treks. The business operated by Joe and Joe Doherty. Now, when I entered your home, as well as noticing the plastic containers and the chili bins at your door, mm. when I entered in the entrance into the sitting room, there's photographs of um, Joe's Fano on the wall, his nanny, his kroa, and his mum, and yep. res- deep respect, you fellas. <laughs> but what my eyes were drawn to immediately was that <laughs> Nigel Brown yeah. painting. Yeah, it's a pretty special painting. Now tell me about that. Um, well, I mean, Joe and I, as I mentioned earlier, we both worked at Te Papa. And um, Joe had told me about a Nigel Brown exhibition that he'd seen in Wellington. And uh, Nigel came into the Urawiras and did a whole series of paintings of Te Urawira. And Joe had told me that he just loved the works, but he wasn't in a position to be able to afford one at the time. Well, in my role at Te Papa, you came across artists and agents quite a bit through the work. And um, one of the art curators had said to me that he was in touch with Nigel Brown's um, agent. And I said, oh, could I have the phone number? (laughs) (laughs) So I gave the agent a ring and asked him whether or not he had any um, of the Te Urawira series. And he didn't, but he said he would call Nigel or his wife and just see whether or not they might have one in the shed or the garage out back. Well, sure enough, there were a couple. And the next time the agent came through Wellington, he came in to see me at the Papa and brought the two paintings. And, yeah, I managed to buy one of them for Joe for his birthday, so it was pretty special. And when you told me that story, so right next door to that is a Robin Kahukiwa painting. Yeah. And I said to you, so what? Did you <laughs> buy that for Joe? And then he did he get that Robin Kahukiwa for you? Yes, he did. <laughs> and it's not, I mean, well, actually our house does have a few artworks, but it's not like the house is littered with these amazing New Zealand artists' works. Those two are pretty special paintings. So, yes, the Robin Kahukiwa is, um, was a present from Joe to me, and it is beautiful, yeah. So I'll take all the um, diesel mugs? Yeah, so no, not these ones here, but the ones by the door, just the chili bin. Oh, yeah. And there's the um, GPS cords and, and that pack. The clients just rang me yesterday and they wanted to ask if we had a spare day pack for them, so that's a spare day pack. But the lunch for tomorrow, because there's two more clients coming up tomorrow, I'll I'll pack it for everybody tomorrow. So all you've got is the the dinner for tonight and the breakfast for the morning. Yeah, cool. Sweet. And Hemi will pick that up and bring the other guests up. Yeah, so Hemi will come in the morning. The day walkers. The day walkers, yeah. So when Hemi comes to get them in the morning, he'll bring the lunch up. And I'll go do my hikoi and then go straight back up because i got another two, eh? Two in the afternoon? Yeah. yeah. Are you doing the ones tomorrow afternoon? You must yeah, be, eh? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So that, is that going to work with all the... Yeah. With the timing? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, and actually tomorrow, I've now got the keys for the trailer. Did you, oh, you got them, eh? So do you think you'll have time to grab a trailer and drop it off at London's on the way through? Me? It'll be him. Tomorrow, tomorrow afternoon. Because you won't have clients, Hemi will have clients with him. No, I'll have the clients I'm doing overnighter, back to back one. But you're, who's coming back here? Oh, am I packing for Hemi in the morning for your overnight as well? Yeah. Okay, that's good though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
No, all right, so, so everything needs to be first thing. Uh, everything needs to be. Oh, okay. For that's the sicker overnighter. All right, so we'll leave the trailers for the next day then. Yeah. But I do have the keys for them now. So whoever's coming through for the Tuesday clients to do the overnighter, yeah. if they can drop the trailer off at London's on the way through. Yes, yeah, sweetie. Yeah. yeah. All right, I'll grab yeah. the rest of those trees. Yeah, so and the trees, we've got enough rimu now and kahikatea for the whole of the season. And the tortara, I still need to pick up. Yeah. More tortara from Zion. Well, there's still a couple of trees, or oh, one tree up there, tortara. Okay, so you don't need to take I never more tortara. Take okay. any up. Yeah, no. Just remove them, there's, there's, there's like half a dozen tortara there which are looking a little bit sad. Yeah, so I'll take I just them up. Yeah, I just avoid taking those up for All a minute. Right. Yeah, we'll see yeah. if we can nurse them back to health. And I'll put those coordinates for the rest of those. Um, Have you got the ones from the Yeah, other it's day? on paper. Yeah. I just took right. it down. Yeah. And your timesheet? Oh, I've got Hemi's one. Okay. But I don't got one. You'll give me yours tomorrow, though? Or the next day. Okay, the next mm. day, yeah. Sweet. Sweet. All right. Okay, Joe. so when you were just talking there before with Willie, mm. is that part of the daily process of running Theodoweta treks? Pretty much. I mean, this is kind of um, daily operational stuff, so I like to try and check in with the guides, and if I'm not here for some reason, I'll usually leave them a bit of a note if there's special things I need to tell them or want them to check at the camp. Like last night, we had a pretty bad storm, so Willie's going to go up there and I mean, first the of all storm, check the tent. Let's just put some clarity around that. So the storm was bad enough for you, who your home base is in Dedefukaitsu, yeah, which is how far away from Naputahi? About an hour. About an hour's drive from Naputahi, and here you've had the power off? Not the power. We had the phone off this morning. The power was okay. I was worried that the power was going to go out, which then obviously from an operational point of view for the tracks, I'm baking this morning and I'm thinking, am I going to be able to bake cakes? So I had my eye half open last night looking at the landing light just to see whether it was still on. <laughs> so, yeah, and usually often I would do the baking the day before just so that I've um, got that up my sleeve and if I need to run into town on buy something, then I can, but yeah, so... You're all over the place yesterday, you're in Topol, Auckland? Yeah, yeah, Auckland, <laughs> seeing my mum off, who's from the UK, up at, the, at the airport, but yeah, so with Willie coming in, it's really just making sure that when the clients arrive at camp, everything's ready and we haven't let anything slip through the gaps. Um, we do, up in Naputahi, where the camp is, there's no phone communication, there's a house about maybe a kilometre from the camp that he can go up to if it, there's something missing or we've forgotten something and he can give me a call. So we do have a kind of backup, but we'd rather not have to do that. So it is a little bit of, you know, making sure we've got enough trees at the camp for the clients to plant, making sure for him when he goes up there after a storm like last night that the tents haven't leaked or um, I have somebody who, one of my nieces who lives up in Naputahi, she goes and sets the camp up. So just making sure, I guess, that the sleeping bags haven't become wet during the night if she's set up the day before. Um, making sure all the towels are there, the bathrooms are clean, you know, the toilet's got toilet paper, all of that kind of thing. So we're talking um, modern facilities here? Um, well, <coughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, the camp, the camp is set up. It's got an eco-toilet, so it's not a flash toilet, but it's clean and it's... Um, you know, the, the way that the ecosystem works is it fully um, degrades all the waste. 
and so it's quite clean. It doesn't smell like a long drop, like a long drop, like a long drop might. And then we've got two hot showers up there. And, um, it's blissful. I think it is quite blissful, really. <laughs> and all the tents are set up, so they've got camp beds, uh, mattresses, stretchers, um, sleeping bags. They have we supply all the towels and things for them to have showers. And then there's a um, a central kind of eating area, covered eating area. It's with a, a big fly. Um, tent, like a big tent fly, but it's a bit more than a big tent fly. It's a very um, solid one where they eat their meals and we cook on the barbecue. And they get a full three-course meal um, in the evening, so um, with desserts and wine and beer. and uh, you know, So it's quite comfortable. They do get well looked after. But it's not exactly glamping. Gra- no, it's not glamping. <laughs> no, it's not the full kind of double bed and pretty lights and things it's it is camping but it's comfortable camping and it's yeah. a way of people getting a sense of what it is to be in Theodore absolutely and it's a very personal experience with the guide we don't have big groups so tonight Willie has got two clients staying in the camp with him and then two more will be arriving in the morning to do a day trip and they'll join those two clients who stay overnight so they get I mean all of our guides are from the from the area um, we have a mix of um, tuhoi guides um, and also Ngāti Manawa, Ngāti Whare. Um, so all those iwi who um, are around that area. And these most of our clients are from overseas, so they like to... This is a really good way of them getting a personal experience with a Māori person. And just so they want it to be more personalised rather than something that can seem a little bit manufactured? Yeah, or... Or even they just have a conversation with a, a Māori person and get to know them a little bit. So it's not a, a performance, it's not a stage show. They're actually meeting the person and getting to know them. And we just have some really fabulous feedback from... And the, our guides are quite young guides. They're all in their kind of 20s, early 30s. So, mm-hmm. um, And for them, you know, they... None of them, I don't. Maybe Bon has travelled. I'm not sure, but they haven't travelled outside New Zealand, so they're getting exposed to cultures from all over the world as well. So for them, it's a really interesting experience too. So there's a real kind of, um, yeah, great conversations over the campfire. <laughs> now, how long has the business been operating for? Um, I think we planted our first trees at the end of 2007. So we're now 2014, so, yeah. About seven years. Mm, yeah. I mean, it's built up quite a reputation, though, hasn't it, Theodore Trex? Yeah, I mean, and I think it is because it's that kind of um, very small personal experience. And, um, you know, Joe was an absolutely amazing guide, and he wa- walked in the Māori world and the Pākehā world really comfortably. And he had an amazing knowledge of all sorts of things. He was very, very widely read and quite eloquent in his speech and people absolutely loved him and what he's done is shared a lot of that knowledge with these younger generation. That was one of the reasons for setting up the business was to provide work for local people in the rohe, you know, so if they wanted to work back in Te Uruwera, they could and it was an opportunity for them to do that. And, um, yeah, so he's passed on a lot of that knowledge to these younger ones and they've really... I mean, they love it. They just, and that's what you want in your guides. You want people who really are passionate about what they're doing. So, Joe, as a, I mean, a well-travelled Englishwoman, I mean, have you learned a lot in terms of tikanga Māori and tuhaitanga in your years? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I wouldn't say I'm knowledgeable by any stretch of the imagination, but I 
do know enough to get by and to generally not step in your toes. <laughs> do you feel richer for it? Absolutely. I mean, I just think, you know, I, th- I look at some of the ways that as an English person we do things traditionally and I think Māori culture does it so much better in so many ways. I mean, just having gone through the tangi process from an intensely personal perspective recently, that farewell that we gave Joe was incredible. You know, it was... And I went to um, the funeral of a friend of mine's father on a recent trip back to the UK, and it was a cremation. We were in the chapel for half an hour, and there was an ex- another group coming in after us. There were two people allowed to talk for a maximum of two minutes, and... We had the coffin up the front. At the end of the, the half an hour, the curtains closed, and they were gone. Mm-hmm. And it, it just felt so inadequate. And the way Māori people farewell their part, their, their dad is just incredible. and gives you the full chance to grieve and the full chance to share stories and really celebrate that person's life. Yeah, so, uh, you know, and Tūhoi do that fabulously. And they're such a rich iwi in terms of their culture and I have learnt a massive amount and really I, I have lots of Māori friends from ever since I've um, lived in New Zealand but being amongst Tūhoi you really get a sense of I don't know it's a very very rich lived culture you know it's, um, and I don't think there's many Māori who can really say they live their culture on a day to day basis like Tūhoi do especially when you go up into the hills. You know, it's, it is it's an essential part of the being. Of everybody breathing, yeah, eh? Absolutely. Yeah, I don't think people quite understand that mm. until you've actually been there mm. and, you, and it's around you, that mm. it is mm. such an integral part and it's ever-present. Yeah. It's not something that's pulled out for special no, occasions. No, no, and it, it, it is people living it every day. It's not... English culture first and the kind of business world first. It's Tuhoi first. It's Tuhoi's everything, you know. It is quite. You know, you've got two Tuhoi kids. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and three Tuhoi stepkids. Yeah. And all of, I mean, our kids live quite close to the Rohe and they have spent a good part of their lives living there. But for the other three, they have. They do come back a lot, but they haven't lived up there for long periods of time, maybe a few months at a time. But for them, you know, it's really important that they come back and feel that they're part of that place and it is a place that they belong. And I think for a lot of iwi or Māori people who live away from the Rohi, that's a real challenge to still feel part of that place and connected to their culture. Mm. And it has been so recent since Joe died, mm. and you're still here yeah. for the long term. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Well, I mean, you don't make those big decisions in a hurry. I can't say that I'm going to be here long term. That's my plan. <laughs> and you know, this is where the kids are from. So, yeah. But and you're knows? very much who part knows? of the community I here in Dere for I love this community. Yeah, the They've phone's been, been going you know, since supportive. we've been sitting here talking. Yeah, yeah, massively supportive community. People who I don't even know have been dropping off Kai and, you know, coming around and offering to help. And, yeah, it's just been amazing. Mm.
An hour from Lere Whakaitu is Naputahi, which is where the bush camp for Te Uruwera Tours are based. I have just entered the property and am making my way down to a river crossing uh, that's good enough for the car, apparently, and then parking up and then walking 500 metres to the camp. So let's go. Now this is passing through, well it's passing through bush. It's a uh, vehicle track that runs alongside a little river. Oh, I can see some watercress. Uh, and this is privately owned whānau land that they've based the business upon. It's March, so there are berries everywhere. And just distantly, you can hear a bird call in the bush. Oh, we so I think it must be up this way. Oh, I hope so. Gosh, that looks a little rotten. That thing, that bridge better cross over the, the river way. <laughs> And after the storm of last night, yeah, yeah. Let's see how deep that is. Oh no, that's okay, not bad for a little cart. Toyota Corolla to cross. Now the thing about being this far deep into towards Rotahuna is there is no phone signal. So there's nobody to contact around whether I'm going the right way or not. It's just all part of the adventure. And being March and having been a um, storm and it's quite still, still a little bit rainy, it's getting quite dark and it's only half past five. Now my instructions where to drive and there are a couple of clients that have come up today as well and that I would see a car, there's a car I park up alongside the car and then I'm able to walk oh yeah, there's the Uruwera tracks then I'm able to walk to their camp which is there and there's Willie arriving on his quad bike a couple of metres from the car parking area is a kōhatu that's been erected by the Rainforest Restoration Trust. A photo of that can be found at radionz.co.nz forward slash And the Rainforest Restoration Trust is what Joanna was talking about, the trust that has helped establish the planting of trees in this whenua as part of the, the Uruwera Treks business. And the sign on it reads, E tipu e toru e tu, the Rainforest Restoration Trust, was officially launched on the 30th of November 2008. These first trees, and I'm looking at some trees here, look like a mixture of kapunga. I'm not quite sure what that one is, but that could be a kahikitea. Were planted by international visitors through a joint initiative between Te Uruwera Treks 
travel essence and local Māori. As part of their initiative, uh, clients have the choice of selecting a number of tours and one of the tours involves planting. It's a planting of nine trees, nine natives, and as they plant them, they are provided with GPS coordinates of where they've planted them and a certificate from Theodoreta Treks and Travel Essence saying that that's what they've done. So, Willie, I've just enjoyed a really um, good kai cooked by yourself. A couple of kebabs and some steak and stuff. Is that what you do? Yeah, so um, we just uh, usually meet our guests up here at about 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Um, so they drive themselves in from wherever they're coming from? Yep, so um, they usually drive in from Taupo or um, Napier. Yep. They arrive here at about 4 o'clock. Um, what they, we're doing is we're walking up a track towards where the tents are. So, um, yeah, we welcome them um, to the camp and we just host them overnight and... Um, a lot of it's just um, talking about the oh, nature am I going up this way? and um, talking about the trees. A lot of the trees that were cut down during the early days, um, which are the porter cups. Yeah, so um, it's just hosting um, our guests. Okay, this would get a little slippery when it's wet. <laughs> okay, so here's a tent. Yep, so um, it's just a standard tent. So our what we um what we um what do you call it our service or what we provide is just overnight bush camps oh yeah so just got a standard canvas tent and we've had a bit of rain welcome home <laughs> oh nice yeah so it's um camp beds yeah so we got them some Stretcher beds and um, spare blankets. Got sleeping bag. Sleeping bag, hot showers. Is um, that a mosquito net there? No, that's a um, sleeping bag liner. Oh, yeah. So it's just like a sheet for the... But, yeah, it's, that's all it is. They're only here for a night, so, yeah. Nice and basic, but warm enough. Um, so that's what, what we do. So how many people can you cater up here? So the most we can cater for is about 15 at the most. Yep. Um, we've got campsites just pitched up around the place. Oh um, yeah, for different tents to yeah, get put so, up. Um, we've got some big tents that can house um, a family of four. Then we've got some tents that just hold a couple, two people. Yeah. And how rough does it get out here? I mean, we're kind of like... In the bush in Ruatahuna, and we both know how cold it can mm. get here. Well, just in the last four days, um, a lot of the other country's been really hot and been in a drought, but it's been raining here for the past four or five days. So, um, yeah, that just tells you how wet it gets. And during the um, springtime, is quite common to get a lot of snow. So. Even on those warmer months, you still get snow. So, and what about those moths that are the size of helicopters? They eh? yeah, no, those are <laughs> those are good for catching tinnas. Those ones. Yeah. And the number number up here, they just like the ones of Waimana. Eat you alive. Aye. <laughs> yep. So um, yeah, um, 
it's quite nice just to have a job that um, you stay out in, in the bush and um, you can't really call this a job because it's what our people will be doing anyway out in the bush, camped up. So, um, yeah, it's just nice to have some international people to come help us with our forest restoration program. Um, so tell me about that. Yeah, so... Um, our boss Joe, who um, just passed away quite recently, um, he organised a forest restoration programme. Joe organised a, um, a thing where international guests come over to um, Naputahi and help us restore our forest. Um, the reason we restore the forests is um, there's two reasons. One is because of the deforestation in the early days mm -hmm. from the 1930s all the way up to 1980s. And that's when they used to mill yep, so a lot around here, eh? That's when they're um, milling a lot of our native timber, which is the uh, matai, the rimu, the kahikatea, the tōtara, and the middle. Because, Willie, there was a mill here, eh? Yeah, so back in 1960s, even the 70s, they were really milling these areas really hard. So that's one of the reasons why um, um, we're doing this forest restoration okay. program. Um, also, the other reason is because of the possum. Um, unlike a, a bird, what a possum does is they chew the whole seeds of these portocarp trees. So um, you lose out on the trees. And also, while they're up there, they um, eat the eggs of our native birds, so we're losing out on the trees. And so the they birds. create a bit of havoc. Eh? Yeah, they do. So that's why a lot of people in um, Tuhui um, are out possum trapping. Um, it's quite common that a lot of the men up here do possum trapping. Mm. Um, not it's just also an income. Yeah, not just for the income, um, also just to help um, our, our bush mm. to keep it. Um, keep the balance. Mm, mm. So some of the tricks that you have that come in here are just overnight stays and they don't necessarily do planting. Yep, so um, we have a travel agency called Travel Essence that we get a lot of our international guests from. So they, um, they come in um, for their bush camps and we plant trees with them. But we also get a lot of um, New Zealand um, trampers that use us for accommodation and um, shuttle runs in between Rotorua and Waikare Moana. Oh, yes. Um, but some of our um, shorter trips are about 40 minutes and some of our longer ones are about four days. So um, and we can do anything in between 40 minutes and four days. Hey, Willie, do you find yourself becoming like the bit of a Māori expert? <laughs> uh, I won't say a Māori expert. <laughs> But um, hey, a bit of a tohunga around. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> but um, it's quite nice just to um, teach um, a lot of these um, travellers just about our forest. A lot of times they come into New Zealand and they don't know, oh well, they do a lot of walks, but they don't know what tree was used for oh, yes. certain things. Yep. So on our walks we do, after we plant our trees, um, we go in walk in the forest and that's just to show them um, their trees from they planted which are about two years old to the trees that um, our people protested to keep our forest um, 
keep our forest how it is so they get to see the trees as thousand year old trees oh, yes. and while we're walking through the bush we just teach them how to identify um, the portocarp trees which mm -hmm. were those trees that were logged in the early days but also medicinal plants our oh, runoa yeah. plants um, um, also certain um, vegetables that are um, Yep. In season, so the pickle pickle and pickle. the middle berries, and so there's lots of berries around at the moment. Hey, eh? we're in yeah. March, and there's lots of berries now. Being this far in bush, do you ever see any kiwi? Well, or do you hear them? Yep, you hear them quite a lot. Mm. Um, we're quite lucky that um, the Department of Conservation do a lot of work with our kiwi, mm -hmm. so um, in a way, um. They're sort of leading or being our kaitiaki of um, kiwi. Yeah. Um, I guess in other places, yeah, you don't hear as much, but we're quite lucky in these areas that um, we can still hear the old kiwi now and then. Yeah. And what about kiriru? Yeah, um, there's a lot of kiriru in, in this area. Um, probably one of the rarer birds that, that well, I like personally is the kōkako. Oh, yes. Um, that's probably got one of the beautiful soundiness. Okay, songs. now you got to now you got to say do it. Nah, that's oh, hard. Oh, it's, it's, not, it's, like, oh. it's all yeah, it's uh, <laughs> like fairies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you've been in the bush a bit too long, Willie. <laughs> no, 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 but um, yeah, you know, um, oh, you're the patupai, okay? Yeah, yeah, everywhere yeah, up yeah. here. <laughs> but yeah, it's all about respecting the forest and um. Yes, being kaitiaki, I suppose. Now, where we're situated, how far away is it? Is it just walking distance to where the trees are planted? Yep, so we've planted trees all around this area. Oh, yeah. Up on these far hills just up here. Oh, yeah. So um, a lot of this area we've already um, planted. So we're sort of making our way out towards um, the road. The main there. road. Um, yeah, a lot of this area's already been planted from... Um, since we've been doing it since 2006. Man, it's neat up here, eh? Yeah, nah. It's nice and quiet. That's why uh, it's sort of hard to call this a job because yeah, it's just you're at home and this is what you'll be doing anyway. <laughs> <laughs>